Greetings, everyone. Grace and peace to you. This is Pastor Bobby. Thanks so much for listening to our Spiritual Formation Reset for this week. Today, I want to talk to you about the practice of prayer. Prayer is the primary expression of our spirituality, but even more than that, it's our whole relationship to God. Prayer is knowing God and being known by God. And God shares himself with us by speaking to us. One of the most transformational shifts in my thinking and in my practice of prayer has come from understanding what Eugene Peterson calls the previousness of God's speech, meaning God has already spoken before anything comes out of our mouth. Think for a second about how we learn language. Some of you, not me, but some of you know what it takes to learn a second language. But none of us have memories of learning our first language. That just feels like second nature. We've been talking our whole lives. But we had to learn. And I've read that we're born with the capacity to make 40 sounds. And our brain makes associations between those sounds and objects and actions and ideas. You know, the babbling sounds that babies and toddlers make are their efforts at modeling rhythm, tone, and volume of other people. And that's the point I'm getting at here. Language acquisition isn't passive. It's developed through active and repetitive responding. Adults help children learn language by speaking to them. All our speech is answering speech because someone spoke to us first. And the same thing is true with prayer. All prayer is answering prayer because God has spoken to us first. God has spoken to us through creation. Our senses and experiences in this world tell us something about God. God has spoken to us through the scriptures. We read and listen to the Bible. We think and meditate on what the Bible says about God, about ourselves, and about this world. And lastly, but most definitively, God has spoken to us through Jesus Christ. The glory, the revelation of God in human form. Jesus is God's personal communication to us. So our prayer, our communication with God, is only possible because God has spoken to us first. That's the only way we know to whom we're talking and how to talk. We're responding to God based on our knowledge of God. Our words are never the first words. And I don't know about you, but that's changed everything for me. If prayer is our whole relation to God, our life orientation to God, then our entire life is lived as a response to what God has already revealed to us. But I think that's why it's also so hard for us to pray. We naturally think of ourselves first. Eugene Peterson remarked that we 
are so much more aware of ourselves than we are of God. We are far more self-conscious than God-conscious. And so when we pray, what we are ordinarily conscious of is that we are getting in the first word with God. That's why prayer often turns into a technique for self-discovery or inner peace. Prayer can become utilitarian, a, a method to get my needs met. Our experiences and our emotions should provoke us to pray, but they shouldn't condition our prayers. What God has already revealed to us is what anchors our prayers. Over the last few months, it's been hard not to let our fears and our uncertainties, our anger, our despair shape our thoughts about who God is and how he works. Our reality can easily be shaped by what we see and what other people say, and then we start living in response to all of that. It takes repeated effort, creative, biblically-centered effort, to get and to hold on to the reality that God has come before us, that God has made himself known to us, and that God knows us. That's the context of our prayers. When I'm praying, I'm joining the conversation that God has already started. When I work, I'm joining the work God has already started. So let me wrap up today by talking about what that repeated effort could look like in our lives right now. Last week, we looked at a Sabbath way of life, which essentially is the practice of arranging our lives around God. The truth is, a lot of us are in too much of a hurry to pray. Busyness going from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, prevents us from slowing down enough to listen to what God has said and respond to him. Now, I know the pandemic has changed our schedules and there hasn't been a lot of places to go or people to see. Though, as our city is opening up, I feel my schedule starting to fill up. But that doesn't necessarily mean we've been less hurried. Hurry is as much of an inner disposition than it is a lack of time. In C.S. Lewis's little book, The Screwtape Letters, Uncle Screwtape, who is a senior demon, writes to his nephew Wormwood, who is a junior demon, about creating a universe of noise to shout down all the melodies and silences of heaven. When our schedules are lighter, it just creates more space for other noise to come into our lives. News briefings, social media rants, blog posts, Netflix shows, audiobooks, podcasts. Since we can't see each other, let's just consume more information and entertainment. But this begs the question, when do we make space to be with God? If we really believe that God has and is speaking to us, when are we listening? You see, all of the noise in our society today, now, not all of it is bad, 
but all of the noise can tend to distract us, can take our eyes off of God. We can put our time and our energy and our effort into so many other things that in our schedules and in our lives, we don't have space to be with God and to converse with him. Now more than ever, we need to make time to listen so that we can respond. And that's exactly how we learn to respond, is by making the time to do it, by opening up the scriptures with each other and individually, so that God's words become our words. This can look like reading a psalm and praying it back to God, allowing all of the different emotions, the the celebratory nature of the Psalms, the thanksgiving of Psalms, the lament of Psalms, the anger that is expressed, the doubt that is expressed in the Psalms, allowing that to condition our prayers, to, to guide us as we respond to God. It could also look like letting the Lord's prayer shape our prayer. Jesus's disciples lived with him They watched him. They saw him spend time with his father. And they came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. And so Jesus says, okay, when you pray, pray like this. Well, that's a great template for us. Deb Dunlevy has a great post on the Lord's Prayer as a template for our relationship with God. And we'll have that link in the show notes. I encourage you to check that out, to read it, uh, because it's really, really encouraging. So friends, let's not forget that God is one. All of what we're talking about here is centered in the fact that the Lord our God, the Lord is one. God is one. And he created us to share in the love and joy of his oneness. Prayer both the receiving and the responding, is his relational invitation to us. So let us be people who are shaped by the reality of God so this world can truly see what he is like. Peace be with you this week.